Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul, and I am not an animal expert. Again, Donna is taking this week off, and I am on my own today, the first ever solo episode of Varmints, and I hope you enjoy it. You know, we here at the podcast have an ever-growing list of animals to talk about, and some of these animals are really, really cool and interesting, but there's just not enough information about them for two of us to do a full episode about them. And so today's animal fits that description pretty well. Today's little solo, mini-sode episode, whatever you want to call it, is about sugar gliders. They're really, really cool little creatures. But first, the news. This is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Lake Macquarie in New South Wales, Australia, is quickly becoming home to dozens of new sugar gliders. In May of 2020, sugar gliders started moving into Lake Macquarie's state conservation areas, and that's an indicator that the ecosystem there is thriving. Rhiannon Honey is a PhD student at the University of Technology. She regularly checks up on the gliders, and she has installed nests and motion cameras to record their nocturnal activities. The little nests are cute. They're like little pieces of PVC pipe, and they, they cuddle up in there, and it's really cute. She says it's the first time she's seen this species across 20 sites around Lake Macquarie. She says about understanding how the population changes based on various pressures, such as bushfires and drought, can help conserve the population. As part of conservation efforts, the gliders are trapped, weighed, and checked for a microchip before finally being released into the wild. And over time, this research is going to protect the sugar gliders. It's going to help with conservation efforts. It's just good stuff all around. It's good animal news. We need good news right now, don't we? I think so. And you can see the show notes, and you can get the audio, and you can get links to all the sources at varmints.podbean.com for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Varmints Podcast, all one word, and at Varmints Podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. You can go to Pinterest. We have a Pinterest, and put Varmints in there, and you'll find a Pinterest board, and it's really cool, and Mary takes care of it for us. You can also go to Redbubble and put Varmints into the search engine for all kinds of wonderful merchandise. You can get leggings. <laughs> you can get a bath mat. You think we're kidding about this stuff? You can actually get leggings. I think you can get, like, a mini skirt too. And you can get normal stuff with our logo on it, like, you know, a coffee mug or a T-shirt. The T-shirts are really good quality, by the way. Um, yeah, so <laughs> put Varmins into the search engine at Redbubble. And, uh, yeah, go buy something. It'd be really cool. If you like this show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We are everywhere that fine podcasts are sold. And word of mouth is the very, very best way to help us grow. Let's talk a little bit about sugar gliders. Hey, let's go get educated on some animals. I know you want to. <laughs> Sugar gliders are small marsupials that are a type of possum, not to be confused with an opossum, just a possum, and sometimes they are called flying possums. Until recently, there was thought to be just one species of sugar glider, but as of July 2020, 
which as I'm recording this is one month ago, there are officially three genetically and physically distinct species of sugar glider that are recognized. The Pitaurus breviceps, the Krefts glider, and the Savannah glider. Sugar gliders are endemic to parts of mainland Australia, New Guinea, and the Indonesian islands. You will remember maybe from our episode about emus that animals that are endemic to an area are native to that area, but they also require a very unique habitat type within that area. Sugar gliders prefer living where there are a lot of trees for them to move around in, so rainforests, coconut plantations in New Guinea, habitats in Australia with a lot of eucalyptus trees, uh, that's where they like hanging out at. Sugar gliders are very squirrel-like in appearance. They have a long, partially prehensile tail. From tip to tail, they grow to be about 9 to 12 inches long, or 24 to 30 centimeters, and they weigh between 4 and 5 ounces. They are sexually dimorphic. Males are typically larger than the females. And one thing you'll notice straight away are their eyes. They have very, very large eyes, as most nocturnal animals do. These larger eyes are going to let in as much light as possible so that they can find their way around in the dark. Their eyes also look like they're a little bit too far apart. This allows them to triangulate or to measure the distance to things so that when they're gliding around in the dark, they can land on very specific points. Speaking of which, the gliding. Sugar gliders glide. They don't fly, they glide. Or, if you prefer, fall with style. Each foot on a sugar glider has five digits. They're ba he, sugar gliders basically have four hands with little thumbs to move around in the trees. It's really cute. And the membrane that allows the sugar glider to glide is called the patagium. And that extends on each side from the sugar glider's wrists to its other wrists. From wrist to wrist. <laughs> At rest, a sugar glider's little patagium is a little bit rumpled up. And it looks like they have bingo wings. If you don't know what bingo wings are, you can you can Google it. It's safe. But it's basically like, you know, the flabby underarm thing that happens. Like picture an, an older lady playing bingo and she gets a bingo and she waves her arms in the air and her her lower arms go. <laughs> those are those are bingo wings. <laughs> oh, what did you learn from varmints this week? I learned about bingo wings. So, when it's time to glide, sugar gliders will extend their legs straight out, they will stretch out that patagium, and they can glide 55 yards or 50 meters, which is a long way. And they are actually able to steer in the air while they're, while they're gliding, and they do that by moving their limbs and adjusting the tension on that membrane. So, it's very much like when you're pretending to be an airplane, and you have your arms straight out to the sides and when you want to go left your left arm goes down and your right arm goes up and then when you turn want to turn right your right arm goes down your your left arm goes up and you turn right that's exactly what these guys do but gliding 55 yards like half the distance of a, a football field or a, a soccer pitch for a little animal that might be a, just a foot long is nuts I mean, imagine jumping off of an eight or nine story building and gliding some 900 to 1,000 feet away and landing on a very specific location completely unharmed. That's what they're doing. And we, us humans, have actually tried to replicate this with wingsuits that allow people to glide rather than just fall like a rock. You can go on YouTube and just type in wingsuits and you'll see these people just gliding through the air. It looks terrifying. But that's what sugar gliders are doing out there. Uh, really amazing. 
Male and female sugar gliders are just called male and female sugar gliders. Their young are called joeys, just like kangaroos. A group of sugar gliders is called a colony. They are called sugar gliders because of their diet and their gliding behavior. No real mystery there. The sugar they get comes in the form of sap from plants. Although they're pretty opportunistic, so seeds, bird eggs, pollen, fungi, fruits, those are all in a sugar glider's food box. They are not related at all to flying squirrels. they That's a totally different animal. The scientific name, Petaurus breviceps, translates from Latin as short-headed rope dancer, which is pretty neat. The official IUCN conservation status of sugar gliders is complicated. So it used to be that they were considered as one species, and sugar gliders were widespread, and they were abundant, and they were officially classified as least concern. However... Now that there's three distinct species, that means that there's a substantially smaller distribution for the sugar glider. And that makes the species vulnerable to large-scale habitat destruction, like the recent bushfires, which destroyed a large part of the sugar glider's updated range. So just because the IUCN classifies an animal as least concerned doesn't mean that it's in no danger at all. The savanna glider, in particular, is in a lot of trouble. Their range is shrinking, and one big problem is that feral cats are eating them. So, little PSA, if you have cats, keep them inside. Feral cats really, they do a lot of damage to native birds, uh, native animals. Just keep your cats inside. Well, that is going to be it for this part of the show. I am going to talk about sugar gliders and pop culture and a couple other things. But first... I want to tell you about Patreon. Patreon is how we fund the show. It's how we pay for hosting. It's how we bring you a YouTube video series that I do every month called Paul's Food Box. And our Patreon supporters also get other rewards in the form of Patreon-only merch. And if I can manage it, an earlier release for an episode. We know things are kind of tough right now. And you will always get this show for free. If you're already supporting us through Patreon, please know that Donna and I appreciate it very, very much. If you'd like to receive the little extra bonus rewards for as little as a dollar a month, that's it. One dollar. You can sign up at patreon.com slash varmints. Well, this here's Animal Rancher and Expert at Large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild. But so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games. My pop culture pick this week is a comic book called Sugar Glider. This comic was created by Shelby Webb, and to tell the story of how Sugar Glider came to be, I have to talk about mental health and suicide... So if those topics are a little bit heavy for you right now, it's okay. Just go ahead and skip ahead a few minutes. Shelby's family had a friend named Dave. And Dave and his wife Sarah were friends of the family. And Dave would come over just to hang out with Jason and talk about nerdy stuff like comic books and video games. Shelby describes Dave as a typical nerd with a skinny physique, highly intelligent, and loved all the things that nerdy guys liked. Dave talked about his comic book collection, and Shelby liked to listen in on the conversations, and one day Dave shared some of his comics with Shelby, and she was instantly hooked. Sadly, Dave was suffering from severe depression and anxiety, and in 2016 he died of suicide, which 
was really, really tough on Shelby's entire family. Later the following school year, Shelby started getting mentally and emotionally bullied by a classmate. There were threats of death. Understandably, Shelby did not want to go to school. So her parents did the right thing. They took her to a counselor to start healing. And one day, Shelby's father suggested that she create a comic book character to honor Dave, but also as a creative outlet for her writing. And so that's how Sugar Glider was born. I'm going to read this right from the comic book. It describes what the Sugar Glider comic is all about. Sugar Glider is a comic about a 16-year-old high school girl. She is a track and field star and adrenaline junkie from a Southern California beach community. A meteor shower affected some of the teens in the community. Jordan, a.k.a. Sugar Glider, was camping in the mountains and fell into a crater where the meteorite crashed to Earth. When she awoke, she had gained super speed, agility, healing, and an enlarged empathy. Utilizing her wingsuit from base jumping, her best friend Edgar helps her learn to run at the, and at the right moment unfurl compact wings that convert her momentum into gliding thrust to fly. Jordan found that other kids from her school were affected in various ways by the meteor shower. Antagonists in the comic will be personifications of challenges facing teens today. Challenges such as self-image, bullying, suicide, mental illness, peer pressure, and many others. Shelby was kind enough to send me some of the comics, and I can tell you that they are very well drawn, very well written, and really wonderful and inspiring. And if you follow me personally on social media, you know that I don't hide the fact that I am someone who lives with clinical depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder. And that's because it needs to be talked about, and I'm not ashamed to talk about it. Uh, They're difficult conversations to have and to hear. But talking openly about mental health removes the stigma that's attached to it, and it normalizes it, and ultimately it makes it easier for someone with mental health issues to just reach out and ask for help and not be ashamed about it. So that's exactly what Shelby's doing with her comic, and I cannot recommend it enough. Mummy, what's for dinner? It's the elbow of a snake! Mummy, I can't eat that. Well, would you eat that? (laughs) Oh, of course I'm not going to eat sugar gliders. They're really cute. And besides, there are a lot of things that are eating sugar gliders. So if you're, you know, if you're a little cute furry thing, chances are that you're going to be like the popcorn shrimp of the animal kingdom wherever you live. And that is true of sugar gliders. They have plenty of predators. They have birds of prey and other mammals and snakes. And there's just all kinds of things eating sugar gliders out there. Uh, I don't, I don't need to be one of those things eating sugar gliders. (laughs) Oh, no. Paul, Donna, it's me, Toph. Hey, Toph. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Yep. Of course it is. Let's help you win that next trivia night. Or just sound smarter than the rest of the room. With this, the Animal Fact of the Week. So perhaps you're thinking of keeping sugar gliders as pets. Donna and I are always urging you for any pet, even if it's a dog or a cat, to inform and educate yourself about the pet you want to keep. And also just to be honest with yourself and realize that if you don't have the time or the resources to care for an animal, don't. It's really okay. And this is true of sugar gliders. I went to Reddit and I found a community of people who keep sugar gliders as pets. And so that's where a lot of this information comes from today. There are a few myths about keeping sugar gliders 
Uh, one is that sugar gliders need a heat rock to maintain their body temperature. Uh, that's not true. Sugar gliders can maintain their body temperature just fine, and you can make them a little fleece sugar glider blanket, and they'll cozy up in that, which sounds cute and looks cute. Oh my goodness, if you look up pictures of sugar gliders wrapped up in their little blankets, holy moly. You cannot ever keep just one sugar glider. They are a social colony animal, and keeping just one can be really, really harmful and even deadly. Those sugar gliders, when they're alone, are prone to self-harm, and they can actually die from that. Some people will tell you that sugar gliders need their teeth trimmed. If you are looking into keeping sugar gliders and you hear that they need to keep their teeth trimmed, very politely run away, very far. Get away from that person. <laughs> Speaking of which, get your sugar gliders from reputable breeders and brokers and ask for their lineage. By and large, sugar gliders are not imported from overseas. They don't come over here by the hundreds packed in cages on a boat or an airplane. One website I looked at said that it is likely that the sugar glider you purchase is an illegal import riddled with disease. Which is not true at all. I found a really good peer-reviewed article where some scientists used DNA sequencing to determine that the sugar glider population in the United States originates from West Papua, Indonesia with no illegal harvesting from other native areas such as Papua New Guinea or Australia. So you don't have to worry about enabling poachers or wildlife traffickers. They're mostly bred right here in the United States. And as with any animal breeder, there are good ones and there are bad ones. So go online to places like Reddit and find out who the good breeders are. And if you don't have a good breeder nearby, don't settle for a bad one just so you can have a sugar glider. Sugar gliders also may be illegal to keep where you live, and you also may not be able to find a veterinarian to help you care for them. I live and work in a city of about 125,000 people. There are a lot of veterinarians around here, and I could find three that specifically list sugar glider medicine as one of their specialties. So if, you're, if you live in a smaller place, you have fewer options for veterinarians, you may have no options for one that will take care of sugar gliders. Something to think about. They're considered one of the more difficult pets to keep. Their health and their diet need to be constantly monitored with daily fresh food, which I've read they're very, very picky about. They require a lot of attention. They require a lot of space. They are nocturnal and very noisy at night. So if you plan on keeping them, say, in your bedroom and you have problems with insomnia, you might have problems. And they will pee and poop on you. If that's a thing that you are worried about, and a pair of sugar gliders and all of the accessories are going to set you back anywhere from $600 to $800. Just some things to think about. I may have just completely discouraged you from keeping sugar gliders as pets. I'm just giving you some very realistic things to consider and expect from keeping these little guys. Overall, people that have the time and the resources and the dedication to keep sugar gliders as pets describe them as very affectionate, very fun to carry around. The key word there is dedication, right? It seems like you have to be the right kind of person to keep them. Kind of like people who keep birds or ferrets. They're just, they're just the right kind of person for that animal. You might not be the right kind of person. You might be the right kind of person. I don't know. Do your homework. Don't just take my word for it. And if you keep sugar gliders and you're listening to this, please reach out to me. I would love to hear about your experience keeping them. And uh, I'll talk about it on a future show. 
Well, that is going to do it for our show today. I do appreciate everybody listening. Uh, this show has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Emron Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Chris Green, Stacey and Frosty, and Curtis Craddock. It's the Rugrat Corner, and since it's not a normal show, I have not a normal Rugrat. If you'd like your little Rugrat, eight years of age or younger, to be on the show, drop us a line, varmintspodcast at gmail.com. We make it super duper easy for you and your kid to be on our show. Let them hear their voice. This week's Rugrat is not eight years of age or younger. <laughs> yeah, it's not a normal show. Uh, this week's Rugrat is actually my wife making her podcasting debut, and she has something to say about sugar gliders. All right, honey, tell me everything you know about sugar gliders. Sugar gliders, let's see. I know they shouldn't live alone. Right. I know they come out at night and sleep during the day, so you don't want to disturb them during the day or they'll be cranky. I don't. Would, would you eat a sugar glider? No. <laughs> too too small or too cute. Too cute. Yeah, I can see that. And too small. <laughs> <laughs> you need like a dozen of them for a meal. <laughs> no, I wouldn't eat a sugar glider. Yeah, that seems wise. What else do you know about them? Anything? Don't buy them from a kiosk in the mall. Definitely. On an impulse buy. Right. That's not intelligent. No, it's not. <laughs> Rescue them. And in a pair so that they don't self-harm and keep each other good company. Right. And do your research. Do your research. Cool. Thank you. Love the sugar glider. Love the sugar glider. Be nice to animals. Have a place for it to glide, for crying out loud. If if I could glide, I would want to glide. Right? That's all I have to say. Okay. Thank you. Do you want to say hi to Donna? Hey, Donna. Feel <laughs> better, Donna. Thank you, honey. Thank you for being my regret this week. I do appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, again for listening. I do hope you enjoyed the solo episode. Reach out to me. Let me know how you liked it. And let me know if you didn't like it, because I need to know that, too. Just be nice about it. Don't be like, oh, you suck. <laughs> you know? Because I might do more of these. I might sprinkle these in now and then, because they're really fun to do. And it just it's a nice way of maybe covering these animals that we can't give an entire episode to. So do let me know. Uh, varmintspodcast at gmail.com. Until then, be nice to animals. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.